I want to speak to you exactly about this today. The grace of God. You know, in order to die to yourself, you need the grace of God. I will not be where I am today if it wasn't for the grace of God. And you know, and I just want to thank real quick, you know, Pastor Andre and Pastor Jenny. Thank you so much for affording us the opportunity to be here today. We appreciate it. We honor you as the founders of My Face TV. Thank you for releasing us into freedom to do what we have to do to reach the next generation. I want you to put your hands together right now, even in the comments section. Put them together for Pastor Andre and Pastor Jenny. And then also to my parents, I just want to say thank you so much for investing into me all these years to be able to preach the gospel to young people today. I love you and I honor you. And then also to my beautiful wife. My beautiful wife. You always have to say that, you know. Uh, I just want to say I love you. Thank you for being here with me. And we're going to have a good time tonight in the presence of God. Amen. So I want to speak to you about the grace of God. And my message title is An Encounter with Light. An Encounter with Light. And if you're taking notes, I want you to just jot down a few thoughts. What is the grace of God? The grace of God is the free and unmerited favor of God. The grace of God is a gift. The grace of God is a person and His name is Jesus. The grace of God is empowerment. And the grace is an invitation to be seated with Jesus in heavenly places. I'm going to say that one again. That grace is an invitation to be seated with Jesus in heavenly places. What is grace not? Let's look at what grace is not. Because in order to know what something is, you've got to know what its opposites are. Grace is not a license to sin. It is not the license to sin. Grace is also not just the cover up that we use for our sins. We can't just say, you know, Lord, forgive me. And this is the, the 10,000th time that you're doing something, the same thing over and over again. And we manipulate the grace of God. That is not what the grace is. Grace is, is much more than just forgiveness of your sins. It is the empowerment to rule and to reign with Jesus from heavenly places. It is to be seated with Jesus. Now in the Word of God, when you see someone is seated, it means that they have rest. So when you enter the grace of God, you enter it with rest. You enter a place of rest. Grace is an invitation to rest. I want everyone to comment right now in the comment section of Facebook, YouTube, and if you're in the building, I want you to say it with me. Say, I rule from heavenly places. Say it like you're seated with Jesus. Say, I rule from heavenly places. Say this to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, I am seated next to Jesus. Tell it to your wife or your husband, whoever's in your home. Say, I am seated next to Jesus. And I want to take you guys to one of my favorite stories in the Bible. This is my ultimate story in the Bible. It is... My absolute favorite story is found in John chapter 8, verse 1 to 12. And I want to read the entire story to you. And uh, I've just had so many encounters with God in this story about the adulterous woman that, that is caught in the act of adultery. And she faces Jesus. She faces the light of the world. 
favorite story that I've read, my, the best story that I've read, and it gets me every single time, young people. John chapter 8, verse 1 to 12, it says, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning He came again into the temple, and all the people came to Him, and He sat down and He taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to Him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to Him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commands us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? Trick question. They're trying to get Jesus here. This they said, testing Him, that they might have something of which to accuse Him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with His finger as though He did not hear. Sometimes you got to just give a deaf ear to some religious people. Verse 7, So when they continued asking Him, He raised Himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you cast the first stone. And again He stooped down and wrote on the ground, then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to a woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is a story. Why? Because it is the perfect picture of the grace of God. Now when you read the story, uh, it starts with them. Uh, they, they caught her in the act of adultery. Now I think this whole thing was a setup. I think this whole thing was planned. They, they caught her in the act of adultery. These Pharisees planned this story. They planned this, 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 uh, this whole situation so that they can get to Jesus. Now, just imagine how messed up they must have been to use the humiliation of another woman so that they can get Jesus to, to, to say the wrong thing. And so they, they caught her in the act of adultery. What's interesting to me is that it's, it always takes two to tango. But they, they just brought the woman. Where's the man? Where's the man that this woman was with? I'm sure it was a Pharisee. I'm sure it was another religious person with them, their friend. And, and, and they just left him there and they just, they just brought the woman to Jesus. And how is this? That imagine you are standing in a crowd full of people, right? You're standing in a crowd full of people and all of a sudden they're just bringing this, this woman in. And she's, she could have been naked. She could have been maybe half-dressed, but they just brought her like that. And just imagine that was you. They, they just brought you in the middle of this, this teaching or whatever's happening. And they said, hey, 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 what do you say about this? The law says that we need to stone her. The law of Moses, which you say, Jesus, that you, have, you were there when the law was written. You were there when Abraham was not even there yet. You saying all these things, Jesus. You you claiming all these things. So what do you say she must do? And the Bible says, John says that they asked him this question because they wanted to have something against Jesus. They couldn't get something against Jesus. And Jesus does the, the most epic thing ever. 
You know, if I had some son of God powers, I would have stoned those religious people myself. If I was Jesus, how many of you know, I would have taken some of those stones and just made the cool rock and, and kill them all because I got some cool powers, you know. But that, that's why I'm not Jesus. That's why I'm Nikki. And Jesus stoops down to the ground like he doesn't even hear them. Like he didn't even hear what they said. I think he was just so fed up with these religious people that he just ignored them. And they kept on asking him. And Jesus says something so cool that it's something that you want to tattoo on your body. He who is without sin cast the first stone at, at this woman. And I want you to see something. Verse 3 says is something very powerful that they brought her into the midst of everyone. They exposed her sin. You see, I want to tell you, young person, that religion will expose you, but grace will cover you. You see, religious people, they're trying to expose the sin in your life. Your religious aunties and uncles and this one and that one, they're trying to tell you what's wrong with you. But I'm telling you that when you have an encounter with the light of the world, when you have an encounter with Jesus Christ, all those accusers need to shut their mouths because there's one voice that counts and that's the voice of Jesus. So He says, He who is without sin, you cast the first stone. And he stoops down again. And you know what I was thinking? I wonder this, right? I was wondering, what did those people think when they went home that day? Because the Bible says that they dropped their stones. They, they dropped it there as they heard us from the oldest to the youngest. Every single person who was ready to throw the first stone, they, they just dropped it and they left. So I think there was just a moment of silence after that saying. And you just started hearing, stones dropped to the ground and you started seeing people leave but I just wonder what those people were thinking when they got home and the kid was maybe saying mom there was this man today Jesus that said he who is without sin cast the first stone I think they you know because every time I read that it cuts my heart and I just think you know how many times have I wanted to throw the stone at somebody else's sin at somebody else's lifestyle that I didn't agree with. I, I wanted to, to cast that first stone, but then you just hear the voice of God say, hey, Nikki, if you don't have sin in your life, you can cast that judgment. If you don't have sin in your life, you can, you can cast that stone on that person. And I think that they, they must have been cut to the heart that day hearing the words, if you're without sin, cast the first stone. And that day they dropped their stones and their judgment. And many people think that grace is lower than the law. Many people think that Jesus came to lower the bar. Jesus came to lift the bar. The law says, don't sleep with another man's woman. Grace says, don't, when you've looked upon that woman, you've committed adultery in your heart. Jesus didn't come to lower the bar for us. He came to raise it. And here's the beauty of it. What we just spoke about, dying to self, you cannot. You cannot experience a lifestyle of freedom without dying to self. And you cannot die to self by yourself. You need the grace of God. You cannot die to self by just saying, I die to self. You need to die to self by acting it out every single day. Every time you want to say something, you say, Lord, what do you want to say in this moment? Every time you want to get angry at somebody, every time you want to throw that stone at somebody, you say, Lord, where is your voice? What do you want to say? What is it that you want to do? But you need the grace of God to do it. 
You see, the difference between a law conscience mind or a sin conscience mind and a grace conscience mindset is that under the law, you are focused on yourself. Under sin, you are focused on yourself. Under sin, I'm just thinking of getting out of sin. When I'm a, a sin conscience mindset, I'm just thinking the whole time, how can I get out of pornography? I'll give you an example. I was addicted to pornography as a teenager. Um, I was addicted to it like crazy. I was introduced to it by my friends um, at school where it usually happens. And uh, I was addicted to it for years. And I was so focused on trying to get out that I got deeper. I was trying to help myself out. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where you're trying to get out of that addiction. You're saying, I'm going to stop smoking and you last one day. I'm going to stop watching pornography and you last one day. I'm going to stop uh, getting so angry at people and you last a day because you are focused on the sin. You are focused on the deed. You are focused on doing it yourself. You cannot do it yourself. You need the grace of God. And when you are under the grace covenant, okay, when you are under the grace covenant, you aren't focused on yourself anymore because now you've died to self because you are under grace. And the Bible says that if you are under grace, you can sin no longer. It is impossible to sin under grace because the grace covers a multitude of sins in your life. So when you are under the grace conscience mindset, not about what I can do to save me, but what He has already done to save me, you don't need to do anything to get out of darkness. You don't need to do anything to get out of that state of life. The only thing that you and I need to focus on as young people is to focus on Jesus. If you focus on the pornography to get out, you're going to go deeper into those things. If you focus on trying to get out of the, the smoking addiction, you're going to go deeper into those things. You need to stop focusing on the darkness that is in the world and you need to set your eyes on Jesus. This lady was caught in the act of adultery. I think something that is like the worst thing that you can do probably besides murder. You, you can commit adultery and cheat on, on your spouse or whatever it is. You can do those things and, and that's a horrible act and it's one of the worst things that the law says stone those people that do it and Jesus says if you are without sin cast the first stone because Jesus wasn't trying to introduce or to enforce the law he was trying to bring a new thing which is called grace and you see, you and I, we cannot do our lives. We cannot live our calling. I cannot live my calling. I cannot even be married to Tanil without the grace of God. I cannot do this message without the grace of God. Whatever I do, I depend on the grace of God. You see, if you're depending on self, you'll get self results. When you're doing it yourself, you can expect bad results. But when you rely on Jesus, you can expect the best. You can expect far more than what you ever thought or imagined. I just wish there was somebody that would agree with me on Facebook to say, I agree with you, Nikki. Somebody in this building to say, I agree with that. 
because it is not about what you and I have done it is about what Jesus has done on the cross for you you don't need to try fit into Christianity God's arms are wide open to accept you tonight and I feel that there's somebody watching you've been drifting away from the Lord and God is calling you back tonight God is saying come back to me child I I want you back in my kingdom I want you back in intimacy with me don't be afraid to come back to the Lord today and verse 10 I think is the the tipping point of the story verse 10 in John chapter 8 because now everyone starts disappearing and it's only the woman left with Jesus now imagine like this setting I'm I just wish there was somebody that could film or yeah film this setting that there's a woman there that is half naked caught in the act of adultery and there is Jesus that claims to be the Son of God. Imagine you were a bystander that day. I would give anything to have been a bystander that day to see what happened here. And you just start seeing people leave one by one. You start seeing people go. And the only person that's left is this woman. And she, she's probably on the floor, on her knees, crying, being ashamed. She probably didn't look up once at Jesus. Maybe that's why Jesus was kneeling down to get to her level because grace always comes down to your level to pick you up. The Lord will try to tell you, get up, get up yourself. Jesus will come down and He'll stoop down to that level and He'll pick you up. But I can just imagine this lady was probably crying and humiliated by these Pharisees. And Jesus just says, woman, where are those that have accused you? Has no one condemned you? And she says, they are not here. They have not accused me. And Jesus says, neither do I. Here's the thing. When Jesus said, he who is without sin, you can cast the first stone. You know that he was the only one worthy of throwing a stone that day. Jesus was the only one worthy to cast the stone at her. He was without sin, without blemish, perfect. The one who could have thrown the stone at this lady didn't. And here's the the powerful thing, the message of grace is that Jesus didn't judge her the moment He spoke to her. There's a lot of church people that want to judge us. A lot of religious people that hear your story and want to judge you. Oh, you did that? Wow. Oh, you, you said those things? Wow. You're a bad person. You were a bad person. They want to label you. But here we see Jesus, one of the most perfect people to ever exist. And He doesn't judge this lady. The first words to come out of His mouth is to say, where are those that have accused you? Because here's the powerful thing when you have an encounter with Jesus is that not only does your sin disappear, your accusers have to leave as well. When Jesus pitches up on the scene, you don't have to worry about what what anybody else is saying, what, what anybody else is doing. Because when Jesus shows up in your life, those people that have accused you, those people that have lied about you, those people that have been spitting stories about you, they have to leave. As your sin leaves, as Jesus enters, your sin leaves, your accusers leave, your depression leaves, because Jesus is in the room. Come on, I want you to say that with me. Say, Jesus is in the room. Verse 11, he says, go and sin no more. That's the instruction of grace. 
that once you've encountered the light of the world, once you've encountered the grace of God, the instruction isn't go and do more of what you're doing. Go and sin again. We, we, we think this. I used to think this. That it's like this, uh, like the system of I sin, I get forgiven. I sin, I get forgiven. I sin, I ask for forgiveness. I sin, and it happened every single day. And that's called manipulation of the grace of God. You cannot manipulate the grace of God around your sin. You need to completely deny yourself and pick up that cross and follow Jesus. But it's not in you denying yourself where there's power. It's in you following Jesus where the power is. That as you follow Jesus, those things have to disappear. Here's the thing, Jesus called Peter, right? He said, Peter, follow me. And Peter was a fisherman, great fisherman. And I'm sure that as, as Peter started following Jesus, he realized, man, this boat is heavy. I'm not going anywhere with this boat. And as he was following Jesus, he had to leave whatever he had. He had to leave it behind. Because the moment you start following light, darkness gets heavy. The moment you start following the light, darkness in your life will get heavy. And you realize, I want the light. But you got to let go of the darkness. You got to let go of what's holding you back. And it could be depression, it could be sickness, it could be disease, whatever it is. You got to let go of that darkness that's holding you back from the light. And Jesus ends the whole story off by saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I want to declare this to you young person watching. You don't have to try abandon sin. You just have to follow Jesus. That's the easiest way that I can explain grace to you. Is that you don't have to worry about leaving pornography. Pornography will leave once you follow Jesus. You don't have to worry about, oh, let me touch this topic. You don't have to worry about who's going to be my spouse and where's my husband and where's my wife am i even going to find somebody you don't have to worry about those things because when you follow jesus you'll find somebody else following jesus you're not gonna you're not gonna follow jesus and find somebody not following jesus and then try have a conversation with them and try marry this person no 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 you run your race as fast as you can young person and whoever keeps up with you you can start the conversation with them they're not worthy of a conversation with me if they can't keep up to my pace. You need to know your value in the grace of God. And I'm going to close tonight by asking you one question. Are you ready to encounter the light of the world? Are you ready to encounter the grace of God? You see, I want to, I want to say this. I want the band to come back up. I want us to finish with that song that you guys just sang. And I want everyone to get ready to worship God. We're going to go into a time of worship and I'm going to lead you into a salvation prayer, those watching. You and I, young person, we are like this woman in the Bible. We were like this woman in the Bible. That you were caught in whatever sin you were doing. By the religious people, by the world, you were caught in that. And people try to expose you. 
People try to expose your sin and everything that was dark about you, they try to expose that. But they didn't know who was in the crowd. It was Jesus. And people try to humiliate you and manipulate you and try to say things of you that's not right. And Jesus is standing in front of you today. All those accusers have left. And He's saying one thing, are you ready to follow me? Are you ready to go and sin no more? Are you ready to testify of your healing? Are you ready to testify of your salvation? Are you ready to have fire for me? Are you ready to die for me like I died for you? Are you ready to go on the streets and tell people about me? Are you ready to heal the sick? Are you ready to change the world? Young person, I'm speaking to you, those that are watching, the grace of God, it's not just a forgiveness of your sins, but it's gonna be an empowerment of your calling. Many young people watching, you are called to save this generation, called to preach to this generation. You are called by Him. You've been chosen by Him. Don't run away from the call. Don't change the channel. Don't change the Facebook feed. I'm speaking to you right now, young person. If you wanna give your life to Jesus tonight, I want you to look at the details on the screen right now. I want you to say it in the comment section, say hashtag salvation or whatever you need to do. Just comment right now, say, I wanna give my life to Jesus. Comment that right now or whatever you have to do, get in contact with us. We wanna pray with you. God wants to save His children. God wants to deliver you. God wants to heal you. Grace wants to have an encounter with you. And there is no sin in this world that's too big for Jesus to forgive. There is no sin too big in this world for Jesus not to forgive you. He already loves you the way you are. And young person, there is grace for you today. If you wanna give your life to Jesus tonight, say this prayer with me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today just as I am. I confess that I'm a sinner and I need you to forgive me. I believe you died on the cross and you rose again. Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and as my Savior. I believe you died and you rose again in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You are now a child of God. You are free from that sin. Come on, let's give Jesus a big shout of praise in this place. Hallelujah. Grace is going to encounter you tonight. The grace of God is going to minister to you today. I feel the anointing today that grace is about to change your life. You're about to have an encounter with the light of the world. I want everybody to stand. I want us to lift up our hands. I want us to worship the Lord. And we say thank you for the grace of God. Thank you for the grace of God. Thank you for your grace, Lord, that we are not bound anymore. We are not bound by sin, but we are set free today. We are set free today. Come on, young person. You are set free by the blood of Jesus. Set free by the grace of God. Every chain is broken. Every bondage has been removed in Jesus' name.